0: Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast. Encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Father Dale. (laughs) It's great to see everyone this evening, and I notice a lot of new faces here over the last few weeks, so um, before I start, I just want to encourage you all to uh, connect with a pastor or a staff member here. Um, We are so joyful to be meeting together uh, again, and we would love to get to to know you and meet you, so if we don't connect with you during the service, you know, please seek us out. We, uh, We would very much like to connect with you. So, the sermon this evening is over the text that uh, Bill read, Hebrews 4, uh, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Oscar Romero famously said, there are many things that can only be seen through eyes that have cried. His point is one we would all do well to embody. The more we put ourselves in the shoes of others, the more we can see things from their perspective. This is a skill called empathy. And I call it a skill because it is something that has to be learned. It's something that does not come natural to us. Parents know this tactic all too well. My daughter, Matea, for instance, does not like for her stuff to be messed with by her sisters. But Matea can at times provoke her sisters by messing with their things, despite their intense objections and the objections of her parents. So one of the first things that Kristen and I will say is, Matea, do you know how it feels when your sisters play with your things and you don't want them to, that's how they feel right now. Empathy, we're trying to get her to feel what her sisters are feeling. And by that example, we can see that empathy is imaginative. It's intrinsically imaginative. We have to use our imaginations to empathize. Some of your translations may have Sympathize, And sympathize means sharing the feelings of another. I'm sad because you're sad. And empathize means understanding the feelings of another, even if you don't necessarily share their same feelings. And I think the author of Hebrews is thinking of both here. Jesus understands our weaknesses, and he also experienced them. It's an important thing to keep in mind about Jesus is that he was fully human, just as you and I. And this is a great text to show that he empathizes with us. Jesus knows how you feel. You're going through tragedy, through turmoil, grief, doubt, and pain. Jesus knows how you feel just think about that. The Son of God, the second person of the Trinity who has eternally existed, knows how you feel, and he uses his imagination to understand you. And this is a good word to hear, especially here at the halfway point of Lent, which we're about halfway done with Lent now for those of you who are taking advantage of the season, and it's at this point where many of us are getting maybe a little bit weary of our fasts. We may have downloaded social media to our phones a few days last week to see what we missed. We just had to look at it. Or maybe just a couple of weeks of no chocolate for Lent was good enough, but it just tastes too good with my morning coffee. And I love coffee and chocolate. Well, I know I said no alcohol, but I got a promotion at work, so I'm going to ask my buddies to meet me at Mash and Hops and drink a beer. Lent shows us our weakness. It sounds silly in a way, doesn't it? Those examples, the desert fathers and mothers the 5th century can fast without food for weeks, read through 150 psalms, every week and we can't go more than a few weeks without social media or meat or alcohol or whatever it may be. But the desert fathers and mothers had weaknesses too and they started out every bit as weak as you and I. Yet we can overcome these weaknesses because Jesus did. He experienced our weaknesses and he struggled with them. Yet he overcame and so can you. Well, the purpose of the book of Hebrews is to show the superiority of Jesus to anyone or anything and also to challenge the readers to remain faithful to Jesus. That's why when you hear the book of Hebrews talked about, a lot of times people think about the warning passages. They're often brought up whenever you bring up Hebrews. Jesus is greater than the angels. He's greater than the Torah. He's greater than Moses, than the system of sacrifices. The Israelites often rebelled in the Old Testament period, but now that Jesus has come, the stakes are far higher to remain obedient. The author of Hebrews is saying, stay the course. Don't give up. And these warnings would not be necessary if following Jesus meant your life was somehow easier, more successful, or more prosperous. Quite the contrary. Despite the claims of some popular preachers, following Jesus requires intense sacrifice and may at times mean demotions and not promotions. It may at times mean pay cuts and not pay raises. Challenges in your life will come. And many of you right now are experiencing those challenges, whatever they may be. But despite living through hard times, God will not abandon us. In Tish Harrison Warren's new book, Prayer in the Night, she says it this way. The hope God offers us is this. He will keep close to us even in darkness and doubt and fear and in vulnerability. He does not promise to keep bad things from happening to us. He does not promise that night will not come or that it will not be terrifying or that we will immediately be, be tugged to shore. He promises that we will not be left alone. He will keep watch with us in the night. That is why the final verse of Hebrews here should be so comforting to us. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God's throne, his seat of power, is characterized by grace. It is who God is. God does not know how to be another way. He is a God with a generous spirit that shows favor to those of us who do not deserve it. And he sees your plight. He is moved by it. He is moved by it. He desires to show us kindness and provide help in our time of need. Notice the verbs that are used there in that verse. Receive mercy and find grace. It's something that we must accept. Receive it, we must accept it. And it is something that we must be looking for. So you have to pay attention to notice it. And in an age of extreme distraction, We must take the time to notice and to find grace. So in the spirit of Hebrews, I implore you to stay the course. Hold fast to your confession. Lent shows us our weakness. And though we have all fallen short, approach God's gracious throne with boldness this evening and grant him to, uh, and ask him to grant you the strength to carry on. And may God reveal himself to you, and may you find grace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us at The Mission Cleveland next week.